Hello Jesus lovers, welcome to the Live Fully Alive with Carolyn, where you discover the peace and joy God has for you in this messy, messy world. Join us every first and third Tuesday where we come together and learn about natural health and forgiveness, discuss sacred scripture, and delight in the beauty living inside the Catholic Church. God bless you and welcome. Welcome to episode one of Live Fully Alive with Carolyn, a love-centered Catholic podcast. Let's start today with the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, and the Son, and the Holy Spirit, amen. All right, so what is this show about? What's this podcast about? Well, it's for Catholics and Christians who love Mother Church and are seeking more happiness, more joy, and more love out of, the, out of their life. And in this episode, we are going to look at the root of human suffering, and most importantly, how we can overcome it and experience the happiness and joy that our hearts and souls desire. I'm going to share with you one of my favorite tips for lifting yourself up out of a funk. And we are going to take a look at the power that surrounds us. And most importantly, how we can more fully integrate this power so that you can experience greater greater happiness. All right, so all of the episodes in Live Fully Alive with Carolyn are focused on healing, body, heart, and soul healing. And I will be drawing upon my 20 plus years as a traditional nature path in uh, that field. It's all natural medicine. So I'll draw on that. Uh, I will also draw on the forgiveness work that I've kind of been, I've pulled together through my years of work as a nature path. And uh, I will definitely draw upon the words of Julian of Norwich. She is my favorite 14th century church mystic. And I did my master thesis on her. I did. I also have a master's in a master degree in theology from St. Meinrad, which is in southern Indiana. All right. So that's uh, what the, 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 in a nutshell, what this uh, podcast is all about. It's about healing, full body, heart, and soul healing. Now, I believe we are at a new precipice. Humanity is at the verge of a new beginning. And I know the world can look kind of crazy and messy out there. I get it. I live in it too. And I see that and I see the headlines. However, I think that you know, we are born to be here in this, this place and this time to experience the miracle that I believe God is about to show, is about to show humanity. However, baked into that, inherent into that is our invitation to be part of it. God continually reaches his hand out to us in love with the invitation to return back to him in love. Now we look at this is uh, we are like July of 2022. Roe v. Wade was recently overturned. So you know I think there's there are so many signs that we are turning around, the ship is turning around and we are stepping into life. We are choosing life. We are choosing love and that's just one of the visible signs that you know makes me really excited about this time that we are living in. And if we remember we're sin abounds, grace abounds even greater. And I believe God is uh, just showering us with his mercy and his grace. And when we are in that space, when and we're free enough to be able to reach out for it to even know it's available. And that's one of the things we're going to talk about in this podcast uh, is you know how to reach out to God, when to reach out to God. So I invite you at any time that you're feeling stuck or you have questions or thoughts, you know, during the day, and you know, just shoot me an email uh, with your questions, with your thoughts, and I so I can share those here with the other listeners. And my email address it's super easy. It's podcast at Carolyn Burgess. Dot com. Now I know my last name has a unique spelling, so the the uh, the 
email address is in the show notes. Uh, Burgess, my husband of 33 years now, he's Dutch. And so it actually means house on a hill, which is kind of cool. Some ancestors in my husband's line, they lived in a house on the hill, which must have been very beautiful. Well, anyway, uh, we are, you know, we live in this world where there's sin and there's suffering. However, grace does abound everywhere. And we can just, when we stop and take a look at Jesus's passion. So this is where, like, this is where the power is for us. Uh, so Jesus suffered. We know he suffered for us, for all of humanity. And let's look, you know, bring to the forefront of your mind, the suffering Jesus on the cross. Uh, and it's Good Friday. Now we, you know, it's sometimes it's so easy just to jump to Easter Sunday. You know, we, we don't want to look at our own suffering. And we have to look at our own suffering and unite that with Jesus' suffering on the cross. Because on that cross and in his passion, he took on all suffering for all humanity of all time. And the only way that we can break free of suffering is to unite that with him. So we have to go through our Good Fridays to get to Easter Sunday. And then Conversely, sometimes it's really easy to just jump to Easter Sunday and not look at our wounds. It's like, no, I don't want to look at that. That's too painful. Uh, I just want to jump to be happy, 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 which we all want to be happy. That is like, that is part of the fabric of being a human being and inside of like inside of the human heart, inside of the human soul is that desire for happiness because that desire will unify us and unite us with God, which is the only place that we can have happiness and the way to that in that way with God is through the Son, the second person of the Trinity who came down and it's in him we live and move and have our being. So uh, that we have to, like that understanding and that knowing that we have to go through our Good Fridays to get to our Easter Sunday with Jesus crucified on the cross. Now, Julian Norwich, as I mentioned, she's like a fave of mine and she's actually a dear friend of mine now. I, I sit with her in prayer meditation quite often and I read her book. Uh, she wrote two books, um, a short version and a longer version after she had these amazing, beautiful 16 visions from Jesus where Jesus revealed to her the God of love and God loves us so much and there's there's nothing that we can do to stop God from loving us. Of course he gave us free will so we can, you know, say no to his love and we do that when we are in sin. But God's love is uh is is perpetual, it is eternal and we don't have the power as human beings to stop that. And Julian also reveals, you know, the 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 suffering and the ramifications and the fallout from sin and how that affects humanity and separates us from the source of true love, which is God. So in chapter 21 in the long version of her book, she has some really beautiful words to share about our our pain. And uh, her book is called The Showings. There's a couple different translations because it was originally written in Middle English. Um, which was kind of difficult to understand, and we um, we can't understand that version today. So anyway, uh, in chapter twenty one, uh, she is visualizing or Jesus is revealing to Julian the suffering Christ, suffering Jesus Christ on the cross in his passion, and uh, she realizes as she's seeing him on the cross in his suffering um, that we are hanging on the cross with him right now, she speaks, in our pain, in our suffering, even in our dying. And now dying, that's um, we die as a result of sin. So even in our dying, 
And if we are willing to stay with him there, he will, by his grace, convert all our distress into delight. So wait, whoa, whoa, that's really big. So if we stay with Jesus in our suffering, and this is all happening as she's, you know, she's seeing the suffering Jesus on the cross. So if we stay with him in our suffering, he will take all our suffering and turn it, all our distress, and he will convert it into delight. And in another quote later on in chapter 21, the more intensely we suffer with him on the cross, the greater will be our glory when we are with him in his kingdom. So when we suffer and the bigger our sufferings are, inherent is that is the invitation to experience greater glory with him in his kingdom. So when it's really hard and things are really hard, the, like those moments when you don't want to pray, you don't want to turn to God. Those are the very moments where the largest invitation is. And as St. Paul tells us in Hebrew 12, 2, which is all, when my, well, I guess I really have a lot of scripture that I like, but this is one I refer back to a lot because it's very powerful. Uh, so Hebrews 12, 2, for the sake of the joy that lay before him, he endured the cross, despising its shame and has taken his seat at the right hand of the throne of God. All right. So here we go. For the sake of the joy that lay before him, he endured all the pain the shame and all of this. So he didn't, of course, Jesus didn't stay stuck in Good Friday. There was something bigger. And the reason he suffered that is for the joy that lay before him. And what is that joy? That joy is our humanity's uh, full unification with God and the healing that we have to go through in this earth because sin is here and the the result, the, the net result of sin is pain and suffering. And then Jesus told us something that really stuck with me. This verse will stick with me too. It's in Matthew uh, chapter 10, verse 16. And he says, Behold, I'm sending you like sheep in the midst of wolves. So be shrewd as serpents and simple as doves. And the reason I really like this scripture as a foundational piece to this podcast, as a foundational piece to healing, is because Jesus knows that we are, you know, he he is sending us uh, in the midst of wolves. We are like little sheep in the midst of wolves. So be as shrewd as serpents and simple as doves. So serpents. So let's take a look at you know, where did man first in, encounter the serpent? Well, of course, this is in Genesis, right? Um, so Adam and Eve, they're in the garden, and uh, um, the Garden of Eden, and there's the tree of life in the middle of the garden, and the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, and God is there with him, and it's beautiful, and it's lovely, and they're having this like great love experience as innocent children with God in this beautiful garden. And then, um, the, you know, God gave man this order. He said, you are free to eat from any of the trees of the garden except the tree of knowledge of good and evil, because from that tree you shall not eat, and even when you eat from it you shall die. Now, obviously, we know that Adam and Eve ate from the tree and they did not die. So this is there's something much bigger going on here than uh, than what we may think of as death. All right, so then um, Genesis 2 is here we have... Uh, Oh, Genesis 3, sorry. Here we have this serpent shows up, and we know what he does, right? Uh, he looks at Eve, and he says to her, um, did God really say you, you shall not eat from the 
you know, any of the trees in the garden. And uh, knowing that Eve has full range as Adam, who was at her side, full, you know, full range and invitation to eat of all of the fruit of the garden except this one tree. And so already he's being a little deceptive here, which a liar is going to lie, right? Uh, so he said, you shall not you know, did God really say you shall not eat from any of the trees of the garden? So he's already got her kind of off center, off balance, because Eve at this point, she only knows goodness and love and truth because she's in the garden with Adam and with God. All right. And then Eve answers back. We may eat of any of the trees in the garden. It is only about the fruit of the tree in the middle of the garden that God said you shall not eat of it or even touch it or else you will die. All right, so God had had already conveyed that to Eve to not eat of not eat of that tree or even touch it. So then the serpent, as we know, he says, "Well, you certainly shall not die. God knows well that when you eat of it, your eyes will be opened and you will be like God's and you will know good and evil." All right, so we know that Eve ate of the tree. She shared the fruit with her husband, and then the fall began because now Adam and Eve. They have to know the difference of good and evil in their body, and suffering is going to continue throughout. You know, it's still continuing today, and this is this is where it started. And then God, out of His mercy, He He had to cast them out of the garden. And I, I just, you know, I I think of that, and God loves us so much, and He has a love for us beyond what we can understand or comprehend. And as a mother, I understand how much I love my children, and my, as a grandmother, my grandchildren, and as a wife, my husband. And I couldn't imagine seeing them suffering in in this way. So God sits there, and it's out of His mercy, He had to, you know, He had to banish them from the garden garden because they can't eat of the tree of life when they're carrying around this knowledge of evil now uh, from eating of this tree. And so God had, he had to let them go. But one of the things that is also very clear, if we look at the scripture here, the, the serpent wasn't entirely deceitful. There's see, when, when evil shows up, there's always a little bit of truth in there because um, the serpent is the evil and Satan. They're impotent. You know, he's impotent. He he cannot create anything of his own. He just he has to take and twist God's truth. So when he said that uh, you certainly shall not die, and and that you will become like gods, well. Adam and Eve, you know, what does God say about that? Well, God said uh, we, uh, in Genesis 1, on uh, Genesis 1, it's kind of cool, Genesis 1, theologians um, agree that that was written after Genesis 2, so a little fun fact. But anyway, in Genesis 1, God, what did God say? Let us, you know, the Holy Trinity, make human beings in our image and our likeness. So Adam and Eve were already created in the image and the likeness of God. So the serpent lied, but he caught Eve off guard, off guard and uh, then she you know, ate, ate, ate of the fruit. And so I have, you know, there's previous, there's uh, some saints in our history that have some wonderful things to say about um, good and, and evil and, and, you know, the power of that. And St. Ananasius, he's, he's kind of, he was kind of cool, early church, early church father, around 300 or so uh, AD. And he said that God, be, 
God became man that man might become God. And it's like, wow, is that heretical? Well, no, it's not. Because we are created in the image of God already. already. And that's where stepping back into our truth, into the truth of who we are, created sons and daughters in the image of God. We already, we, we already have this specialness. And of course, he's talking about God, small g. And, but this is already who we are. So the serpent said that truth, but he twisted it. And that's what he does in our, our lives too. He will enter in and give us a half truth that then will lead us into sin, even, um, even young, innocent children. And God continues to do that. All right. So, you know, like, who am I? Well, you know, I'm this voice in your, in your head right now. I'm, you know, your phone, your computer, wherever you're listening to me. And thank you for listening to my podcast. Uh, I appreciate it. I've been, uh, this podcast has been percolating in my heart for, uh, gosh, I don't know, long, long time. Uh, so anyway, I'm a traditional naturopath. I have been a traditional naturopath for 20 plus years, uh, through my work as an, as a naturopath, which in naturopathy, my expertise is all natural medicine, herbs, homeopathy, diet, lifestyle, things like that. And my work is to help support the body so the body can come back into balance on its own. Uh, However, through my years of work, what I witnessed was what I call the nine faces of struggle. And these are nine common places where I see people would get, like my patients, my clients would get stuck and they couldn't heal physically. And so with the, the one is forgiveness. Uh, a lot of people have problems with forgiveness, forgiveness of others, forgiveness of self. And if you can't move into forgiveness, then you can stay stuck and uh, it creates an, uh, a block uh, to the body full, to full restoration. And that's just one of the nine faces of struggle. All right. So I, I wrote a book on that, The Nine Faces of Struggle. It's called Understanding the Jesus Code. Um, I'm also a speaker, a retreat leader. I'm a wife. I'm a mother. Uh, I have three children and eight grandchildren. And we also have two little family dogs that I really, really love. All right. Uh, so I think it's only fair that if you are going to give me this bit of time in your life, that I should share a bit of who I am with you. So I, I just want to share a little bit of my conversion story. Uh, first, I'll preface it by saying that my life is really good and I'm blessed. I, I, I'm married. I've been married 33 years. Uh, my husband and I have a wonderful life together. We're still growing and figuring things out like we will probably always be doing. But anyway, I'm, I'm very, very blessed. And, um, and I'm very grateful for the gifts God has given me in my life. However, uh, it wasn't always the case. So I, I invite you to like take a moment and just like invite me into your space, kind of like a friend, because I'm going to share with you in a, in a rather vulnerable way um, some, of the, some, um, some of the pains that I've gone through in my life. And it's a little hard to share um, in a vulnerable way, especially with people you don't know. However, um, and um, like I'm the queen of shame, I'll go to shame all the time, tell myself I'm not good enough. So being vulnerable with um, with people I don't know yet um, can be a little challenging. But let me share just a little bit of my story. And it's it it's the part of me where this understanding of this power that we are immersed in. It's, it's, it's like the impetus. This is where this began. All right. So when I was young, um, born into this family, my parents are rather young, 21, 22, 21 and 22. Uh, and I'm like, God's like, okay, here you are. Welcome to the world, Carolyn. And 
my parents were pretty young, pretty, very wounded. Um, my dad, um, God rest his soul. He was, uh, just f- filled with a lot of anger and rage, almost like a rageaholic. He was kind of a scary guy to be around and I'm not going to go into details there. It's kind of story maybe for another podcast or something. I don't know. But anyway, just, I grew up in a family with a, a pretty angry dad. Um, we didn't have much money at all. It's just, we were really, really pretty poor. Uh, no extended family support or there's minimal. My, my granny, my mom's mom lived on the street and would go to her house a lot, which was, um, pretty awesome. And, uh, and then my mom, she was kind of numb, I think. I don't know everything that she was carrying, but looking back, she was um, kind of numb and not available. So my, and my, my mom was Catholic, but we didn't practice. Every once in a while, she would take myself and my two younger brothers to church, um, but it wasn't very often. And then my dad, he was an atheist, and he was um, really didn't have very nice things to say about Christians, um, kind of belittling them and um, and their you know quote unquote fairy tale. Uh, he was he was a brilliant engineer, and so there's a lot of idolization of intellect that. Uh, was part of the fabric of part of the fabric of my childhood. So anyway, so that kind of paints the picture a little bit growing up and uh, that woundedness. And my parents they divorced. I must have been around twelve or so. I don't exactly remember. Um, but I was when I was fourteen. My mom remarried. My dad also remarried. Oh, and now my dad thank you know praise God he did find Jesus later in his life, which is like you know that is I'm so thankful and grateful for that. But anyway. Uh, my mom and dad, uh, my mom remarried, and I lived with my mom and my stepdad. And when I was you know, going through a hard time because I didn't feel loved and all this stuff that um, happens, and um, at 17, I had a boyfriend, and because uh, I was busy looking for love in all the places, guaranteed to not give me love. And uh, and then it, not much later, I was pregnant and 17, and then when I was 18, uh, my daughter was born, and when she was five months old, her, her father left, and uh, so here I am, an 18-year-old single mom, completely alone in the world, didn't even have a high school degree, so I was just like utter utter poverty, stress. It was extremely, extremely hard. Um, and I'm not going to really go into that that story. That's a whole other story in and of itself. Um, and I do have a beautiful pro-life story that's like woven into the fabric of that. But we're going to fast forward to when my daughter is 14. When, uh, and then I'm, I'm married and my husband and I had two more children together. I got married when my oldest daughter was nine. And anyway, so she's, you know, she's, she had, of course, experienced wounds and suffering as a baby and as a little girl because of just the extreme poverty and no, it was just so hard. And and so she's seeking and there's a lot of uh, external influences that separated her from the truth of who she is. And I didn't understand then what I know now. And, and, um, and so anyway, she, she was um, struggling and I was, for the first time, I experienced pretty deep depression. And I didn't know what that was, and I was caught in the middle of this. And at that time, my children were in Catholic school, and I was trying my best to be, you know, a good mom, a good wife, um, regular Sunday mass, and then uh, quite quite frequently weekday mass uh, once, twice, sometimes three times a week at the at Our Lady Mount Carmel. It's in Carmel, Indiana, and we are still parishioners there. And uh, it's just a beautiful, beautiful, vibrant parish. And there was communication or conversations, I should say, conversations about this 
particular saint who gives roses as a sign that she's present. And if you're Catholic, you may already know who the saint is. Um, so anyway, I learned about the saint and, uh, and at our parish, Our Lady Mount Carmel, we obviously have a beautiful devotion to the Blessed Mother and to the Carmelites. Um, so anyway, I have this little blue Pieta booklet. It may be familiar to you. You may you may have one yourself. So there's a little blue Pieta booklet. I find this novena to say, yes, yeah, St. Teresa Lisieux. And I thought, oh, I'm going to pray that novena and ask for um, her intercession and her help. And I'm praying it. And I'm like the first day, the second day of the novena, I remember asking St. Therese, I'm like, St. Therese, if you know, if you could just send me a long stem pink rose as a sign that you're like on it, that would be like really awesome. I would love that. And I immediately recanted thinking, oh my gosh, I'm not worthy of that. No, this beautiful, wonderful saint isn't going to listen to me. God's not going to listen to me. So anyway, I'm, I like, oh my gosh, you don't have to do that. Don't worry. Please forget I asked. So anyway, uh, about day five or six of that novena, my husband comes home from work and I was planning tacos that night. And now remember, I was suffering pretty deep depression at this, at this moment, at this time in this period and uh i said well honey we're gonna have tacos tonight and um i don't have any taco shells or any cheese will you please run up to the store to get some um and he did now this my husband he gets up so early and works so hard and i still asked him this and well anyway and he comes home from the store and it's just a couple blocks from our house he comes home from the store and uh, he has in his hand a single long stem pink rose and friends i lost it i'm like i'm like crying i'm shivering i'm like like uh, i i'm like a puddle on the floor i'm not literally on the floor but i'm like a puddle on the floor and i'm just in my husband my poor husband uh he's again kind of he's like half german half dutch so and he really like has this persona of like this strong German man so you like picture that and he's like I, I don't know what to do right now and I'm just having this like huge meltdown he's like I'm just got her a rose and he's not like the rose type giving guy and it's not his love language nor is it mine by the way um we're not gift givers and anyway and I, I finally collected myself enough and I said honey I said you, you just you do you don't understand what you just did. He's like, yeah, you're, yeah, I didn't. And I said, oh, like heaven is real. St. Therese is real. God is real. We, it's like, it's, God is everywhere. He heard me. She heard me. And it was at that moment I realized that uh, we, humanity, we are in the middle of something bigger than we can even begin to comprehend. And, uh, and it was a funny thing. Later, I realized I even prayed that novena wrong. So it doesn't even matter. I prayed it wrong. God still heard me. And St. Therese did answer my prayers. It, there was still a lot of suffering with my daughter, but God is watching over her and her family. And uh, I feel his presence and and, showed it, and, so does, and and so does she. All right, so let's go back to our creation story where we see the beginning of sin and how that has affected humanity because all this suffering that I've gone through and that you have gone through is the re it started here in the fall with Adam and Eve um now just like hang with me here all right so we're just gonna like create an alternate creation story just for just for giggles all right so picture let's picture Adam and Eve 
and there were God, and they're at dinner, and of course dinner is fabulous and wonderful, and no one had to cook, and there's no dirty dishes, because we're in Eden, and uh, and they're just talking about their day, and God's like, well, how was your day, Adam? And Adam says, oh my gosh, God, it was great, I was like hanging with the lions, and we were running around, and like having fun, and Eve's like, oh my gosh, God, you should have seen him, he made me laugh so hard, it was awesome, and then um, God you know, they're talking about the lines and how much fun that was for Adam and, and Eve. And, and God looks to Eve and he's, well, well, how was your day, honey? And she said, well, I had a lot of fun with Adam. You know how much I love him. And, uh, but then it was something kind of weird happened, God. And I did, I, I don't know what it was. It was just kind of, kind of creepy. Um, you know, that, that serpent you made and God said, mm-hmm. He's the most cunning of all the creatures, Eve. And she's, yeah, you said that. Yeah, yeah and he is. He kind of like, kind of like totally creeped me out. But I was in the garden there, you know, the garden with all the flowers I love. And I was picking some of the flowers and I was putting them in my hair because, you know, Adam, he really likes it when I put flowers in my hair. And, uh, and I kind of like them too. And they smell so pretty. And thank you, God, for the flowers. So anyway, I'm there and Adam's right there with me. And we're having such a nice, peaceful time and, you know, and, and experiencing the beauty and the love you have for us. And, and then this like creepy, cunning, you know, like scooches up and he's on the ground and he, and he just, he, he looks at me, God. And, and it was weird. He said, well, he wanted to know if you told me I couldn't eat of all the fruit from the trees. And so I told him that, yeah, you said I can eat from, we can eat from any of the trees, except for that one tree of the knowledge of, you know, of, of good and evil. And so he, he said, well, and then he told me that if we ate from it, that, uh, you know, that, that we wouldn't die. And I'm like, well, and that we would be like God's. And well, first when he said, you know, you'll, you'll, you'll be like God's and that God knows that. And I'm like, well, I'm already created in your image, God. So I looked at him and I said to him, I said, well, I'm already created in God's image. So yeah, I'm totally cool with being like God. Um, he created me to be like him and I love him and I just want to live for him. And I really love eating that tree from that, you know, the, 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 the tree of, of life. And Adam's like, oh yeah, God, that tree is awesome. Love those fruits. And that tree of life pie that we had for dessert tonight, I'm so looking forward to that. So anyway, so Eve says, well, I told the serpent that I'm already created in your image, so uh, I don't really need to eat from that. And and then he said, you you will not die. And then and then I'm, I'm thinking about, you know, God, you told me I would die if if we ate from that tree. And, and you know, God, I, you know, it's like, I don't want to, I don't want anything outside of living except with you because this is awesome. So I just told the serpent that and said, well, you know what? I don't, I don't want that. I just want to have fruit from this tree of life with God because life is so good. And, um, and then the, the serpent, it's like all of a sudden there's like this poof of, uh, of, I don't know what it was and this like spark and I don't know. And God said, well, that was, um, that a flame and that was like a, a cloud of flame. And, um, and he said, yeah, well, you God, it was all like really creepy and he just went away and, and God, I really don't know what that whole thing was today, but it, it just felt like it was really important. <laughs> so I know, just, I said, just bear with me in that story. Because what would happen if that was the creation story? Well, we would still be living in the Garden of Eden. And we wouldn't know, we wouldn't know the pain of sin. So we have now, we have the new Adam and the new Eve. We have Jesus Christ and the Blessed Mother. So what did Mary say? She said, 
let it be done to me. I'm the handmaid of the Lord. She gave God her yes. And we are invited into giving God our yes. Because when we say yes to God, we say no to evil. And the way we do that is in the new Adam, just as Eve was created of Adam, of his bone of his bone, flesh of his flesh. In the new Adam, we are created, we are extended that invitation into the new life, into that new happiness by our yes and claiming our truth and being like shrewd as the serpent. Because remember the serpent, he told some half truths. So what if we tell the full truth of who we are created daughters and sons of God created in the likeness of, in God's likeness. And that's all we need. We just want from the tree of life. And then we're as simple as a dove, the Holy Spirit. We are immersed in the love of the Holy Spirit as we sit here on earth and experience our love relationship. So we claim our truth in the Holy Spirit. And so what if we do that? And that's what we want to do in this. That That's my goal and intention with this podcast is to help you step into your truth, to help you move into the healing that God continually ex- extends. And we'll see, we'll use sacred, well, we will reflect on sacred scripture, the words of Julian of Norwich, and we'll touch on, um, as I mentioned, the nine faces of struggle. And uh, we'll, we'll even from time to time touch on natural medicine. All right. So like what where are we going? What are we doing with, with this podcast? Well, at the root, we, we are moving together on this pilgrimage. We are journeying together and healing. So I invite you to share your stories with me um, via email podcast at carolynburgess.com. Again, in the show notes below, share with me your stories so I can share that with, with our group and with our, you know, with our friends and fellow pilgrims here. So that we can journey together with this, um, with this wisdom offered through God and the healing that He has for us. Uh, the I want to share with you. Oh, you know this is this is kind of fun. Um, the uh, it's a meditation that uh, one of my favorite meditations. So when you are stuck or you're having one of those moments of fear. Oh, or anxiety, or pride, you know, and and your frustration or shame, and you're just in a funk and or unforgiveness, and you're not in that space of love that you, you know that not only are you invited into, but that your heart desires. So this is one of my favorite little meditations. So I invite you just to settle for a bit. Now, if you're driving, please don't settle, but you can kind of listen listen to what's going on here, and then reflect on it later. But it's a simple little meditation. Uh, there's three words to it. And here they are. I am love. I am love. I am love. So what are we doing in that meditation? You can say it over and over. You can say it with your breath. You can just speak the words. There's been times uh, if I was driving and I was having a hard time or I was stressed out, I would just like grab the steering wheel and say, I am love, I am love, I am love, I am love. And I would eventually catch myself kind of calming and you know, moving into that space of calm. And so with that meditation and we're saying, I am love, Think about the three, let's, you know, reflect on those three words. So we're saying, I am, which is God's name. And we're saying love. 
So we're and God is love. So we're saying love, 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 God, 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 God. And then also when you're speaking the three words, I am love, you're making a statement. And you're making a true statement about who you really are as a created son or daughter in the image and likeness of God. And we just, as a result of sin and pain and suffering in the world, we forget that. And we have these subconscious files and memories that will run over and over and over in our mind that will lie to us about who we are. So we're bringing ourselves kind of back to center and back to truth. So give that. It's called the I Am Love Meditation. So just give that a whirl next time you're feeling a little off. And I am love. I am love. I am love. All right. Well, uh, on August 2nd, our next podcast, because we are the first and third Tuesdays of the month. Uh, well, August 6th is the Feast of the Transfiguration of the Lord. So August 2nd, we're going to we're gonna dive into that and really take a look at that Feast of the Transfiguration of the Lord. We're going to, uh, alongside of that, we're going to look at Julian's parable of the Lord and the servant and the glory that God's revealed to Julian, like his glory in the sun and humanity's very, very important role in that and uh, where we fit, you know, in this picture of the feast of the transfiguration of the Lord and Julian's parable, the Lord and servant. I think you're going to find a lot of peace and you're also going to find kind of a lot of excitement in that, um, that, oh my gosh, like I'm invited into this beauty and like, yes, you are invited into this beauty. All right. Remember, email me at podcast at carolynburgess.com, your thoughts, your questions, things you'd like to share that I could, because I'm, if you're walking through it, my friends, I'm sure you other, there are many other brothers and sisters and friends in Jesus Christ who are walking the same path because we are not alone in this journey. All right. So let's continue on this pilgrimage together into living healthy, happy, and holy. And until next time, peace and God bless.